Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, the most technically adept and highest quality Star Wars podcast in existence. Absolutely, there are no issues with the stream right now. Corey's frame on my webcam, or Corey's webcam, is not slightly off by a couple of millimeters. It's not going to bug me. But uh, if you're listening audio only, you're probably super confused. But welcome to what are we talking about today? Uh, the Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. Right, Corey? We're yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're the special clones today because we're just we're just really struggling. But uh, how are you doing, Corey? How's how's your uh, how's your life treating you? Uh, my life is actually fine. Uh, that's a Survivor reference, which maybe three people will get. But but yeah, I, I'm good. I got to watch some Bad Batch last week. I get to watch some more Bad Batch later this week. What mm-hmm. what more could we want in life? So how are you? How's your batch I mean, doing? My batch is good. I wish YouTube were a little hotter right now. Yeah, that that would be nice. If people could stop unsubscribing from my channel, I'd really appreciate that. Listen, I, I did six videos on Twilight mating. It's not weird. Like, I don't get why you guys are unsubscribing. I only did one, and that's the only reason anyone is subscribing. <laughs> Speaking of, I think that that might actually be a topic of uh, conversation for today. Because... Uh, yeah, because the... Uh... The reappearance of spoiler alert, everyone! If you haven't seen Bad Batch yeah. episode one and two, we're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be talking about that. So yeah. just, it, what are you doing? If you, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? What are you doing here? That's mm-hmm. all. We, we, it's your fault at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so the Bad Batch episode two seems sees the return of Cut, the clone from the Clone Wars, the. Uh, the clone who runs away from the Clone Wars to uh, find himself a cutie pie, Twi'lek GF. Um, and at least originally the clones looked kind of human-y in the... This this is like the least important thing in the entire show. But in, in the Clone Wars, they look sort of like humans and Pablo tweeted that they're humans. But in this in this show, they look very just Twi'lek-y. Uh, the kids, right? Not the clones. Yeah, the kids, yeah. sorry. Yeah, the kids, So. Yeah. There's a common misconception here that we need to clear up where people think that they're Cut's kids biologically. They're not. They do have a human father, though. But they're well, not Well, they did. Cut's I don't know. But they might not anymore. Because that was just Pablo lore. That's not super... Wasn't it you know. established officially, though? I don't think so. No, I think it's just Pablo. Hmm. Okay. Because they don't look human anymore. The kind, like... They don't look like uh, how Jason does, obviously, Hera and Kanan's kid, but because mm-hmm. like he skews more human and these two skew more Twi'lek. So maybe they will say that they're actually not uh, half human, half Twi'lek, but I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're actually going to get uh, official confirmation on that beyond what Pablo lore was. Mm-hmm. All right. So anything else you want to do you want to talk about anything before? Uh, no, I think we into... actually covered both of the episodes pretty well there. I don't know if there's really anything. No, else. No, before for... we get into the episodes. Corey, well, you had you had something exciting happen this weekend. If you want to. Yeah, we had our big the big Star Wars Squadrons tournament. I've been organizing for a long time. Uh, Twin Suns tournament. It was quite a success. I was very happy with it. Uh, shout out to Splinter Squadron and our friend Scalp Waka who. Uh, Took home the big, well, the whole team, not just Scalp, took home the big 10K prize. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Had a few technical issues the first day, but the team got over it really well. And then 
in the uh, in the second day, it was pretty much perfect, and it was really really good show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a, a long day of, uh, or two long days of uh, some co-streaming there. The less professional broadcast that we were doing on X2. Mm-hmm. Well, they did the the actual professional casting over on uh, Eckhart's Ladder. So, mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. Even if you're not um, super into squadrons, like go back and at least watch the second semifinals and the finals because they are really good matches, really entertaining, even if you're not like, yeah. super aware of what the mechanics of the game are. Yeah, so basically what happened is this one team, Cavern Angels, um, who I, I think the casters were downplaying how good they were, but they certainly weren't in many people's fav- favorites to get to the finals. And they went through Randalorians, who were, I think, one of, if not the favorites. They beat them in the quarters, so Randos didn't even get in the money. Um, they beat Randos, then they beat Cheese, which was another really good team. And then they end up taking Splinter to five games. It was a five-game series for the, the semis and the, the finals, and they took them to five. Um, so they had quite an underdog story. And uh, one of their players, Knight, was especially just really... Like, I, I still think he was probably the MVP of the tournament. Like If you have to pick one person mm-hmm. whose team's placement relied most on just their individual input... I mm-hmm. like Knight was out of his mind the whole time. Yeah, he basically hundred to zero that Star Destroyer by himself. Yeah. <laughs> he almost did it multiple times too. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so definitely go watch those last couple games if you have like any interest in Star Wars dogfighting because it was it was great. Mm-hmm. And most of the uh, tech issues are also cut out of the uh, the first day now as well, so you can watch that pretty much. Without uh, without any sort of kind of any of that dragging you down, because it was really just, it was really just like what happened was in day one we were having some stuttering issues. At first we thought it was because we were restreaming to Twitch, so we briefly ended the Twitch stream, restarted the stream. We were still having issues. Turns out that somebody's the 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 team that was producing the the tournament, they were in like a a backup studio because they were also, for one, they did it for pretty cheap, so like at least for their rates it was very reasonable but um they were doing it they also had a red bull event that day so they were doing it kind of in their their b studio and a a cable just broke or something so apparently the audio cable being broke ended up kind of uh end up having some weird effects on the the stuttering so they changed things around and yeah it ended up working i guess because the audio cable broke the whole stream ended up going through the wrong piece of hardware and it just wasn't able to handle it mm-hmm. anyway eventually we fixed it i was really worried but they came through and fixed it under pressure i would not have been able to do it but uh but yeah yeah it was a great event uh yeah, really fun anything else we should talk about before jumping into the bad batch mass effect comes out in a few days that is true i, I so i've never Thursday? finished a playthrough of mass effect uh one two or three i've got like probably a quarter of the way through one and then just with a lot of the games like that i'll start i'll binge it for a while then i'll stop for like a week forget where i am and just never go back to it so i'm really looking Mm -hmm. forward to like forcing myself to do that but yeah mass effect's really phenomenal um yeah it's a it's a really good series you'll enjoy it Uh, i think it so the first game is the roughest one, and that's the one that they spent most of the time on. Like, because the other games are basically just like some higher quality textures, some 
slight lighting changes, but the first one they actually went in and replaced some things, I guess. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the driving stuff I really hated the first time I played, and it seems like that's very different now, so I'm... I don't know, I don't know how much they changed for that, to be honest. Well, they have it so that you have the option to go back to the original, so it's got to be pretty significantly different if they're going to mm. bother doing that. Yeah, sounds like it. But yeah, it should be fun. I'm probably going to play that too. Um, be interesting to see how our story is different. But uh, differ. anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, uh, this is this is actually going to be the first of two episodes of the podcast this week. We were going Mm -hmm. to do this last Thursday, talking about just episode one, and then do another episode today, talking about episode two. But because of the tournament, we decided to kind of group episode one and two together here. We will be back on Thursday talking about Young Jedi Knights uh, Shards of Alderaan. So make sure you read that book before Thursday, so you can very short all the uh, uh, yeah. yeah. All the in-depth discussion of the 100-page kids' book. But yeah, short, it's short even for one of the Young Jedi Knights books. Like, I thought it was today, so I just read most of it, and I was like, half an hour in, I was like, oh. This is and it. you're like, oh, it's, yeah. You're like, it's not today. And I was like, oh, well, I'm almost done. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> the so farthest we'll ahead X ever been on a Tap Calf book. It's true. I was thinking the other day about, like, the, uh, the hierarchy of reliability among our little friend group. It's definitely, you're definitely the top. Because, like, yes. I think I'm, I'm fairly reliable, but I'm just, I'm not sometimes. Like, I know it. Like, I, I sometimes leave things at the last minutes. I'm usually there. Sometimes I'm not there as early as I should be. And then there's obviously Charlie, the very bottom. <laughs> it's, one <laughs> and two is a lot closer than three. There. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Charlie, um, as we're progressing into our podcasting career, I put together, I'm putting together a soundboard. Did you hear it while, while you were on my stream earlier today? Uh, I thought I heard me say something. Like, what? Does that sound like me? Or I've did got I say a... something? Yeah, hold on. I've got some, something really good here. Did I say that's crazy? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's kind of low, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, I can stop it at will. Cause it is quite long. Um, then I also have... Just some, some random sounds. Like... <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, that's what I heard. <laughs> it's like, wait. Yeah. Am I on the stream? <laughs> so are we getting the uh, the X two podcast going? Just pure sound soundboard. I'm Poe. Poe Dameron. Probably. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I can pretty much replace Charlie. I've got a. <laughs> just Fuck! can we get like a deep learning thing to need? mimic his voice? And then just record shit from Reddit posts, because that's all he's going to... Yeah, I don't even think it needs to be deep learning. It can just be like, Charlie's got ten words, he just kind of puts in different orders, so... <laughs> but yeah, alright, so let's let's get into the episode, um, before people start um, yeah. egging my house. Or do you want to give general impressions first? Um, so do you, do you want to talk about like the season as a whole there, or do you want to like go through each episode, maybe just talk about more about episode two? Okay, well, yeah, let's go through, let's, let's briefly talk about episode one, and then we'll talk about episode two. Um, first of all, I was glad to see, is it Tom Kane who does the, uh, the narration at the beginning? Like the... It, it's the same guy as the, the Clone Wars. I'd never, I don't think I ever knew his name, but... Well... I think I think his name is Tom Kane. Either way, he was Tom Kane, sir. Either way, he was really sick. I think he had a stroke or something. So hmm. we haven't gotten much about his health lately. So hopefully he's um, 
hopefully he's doing better now. Was that recently but, uh, or? Yeah, that was 2020, I think. Um, Tom Kane. Well, hopefully the the fact that he's working yeah, on this means like I'm not sure when the production for that would have started, but hopefully yeah. he's doing better then. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, it was kind of cool because like we watched that live together, and it was kind of cool how. Uh, it was just like not only another episode of the Clone Wars, but we did get that uh, that really cool Revenge of the Sith kind of redo in Bad Batch style. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I was going into the series not expecting to enjoy it a huge amount. Like I I thought it'd be fun, but uh, it wasn't my favorite one of all the stuff that was announced. So uh, I've been pleasantly surprised so far. Still. Uh, Still not the genre that I, I'd probably enjoy the most, but uh, it's been it's been enjoyable. A bit more depth to the characters than I thought there might be, at least for Hunter. And we're starting to get a bit with Omega. Echo was already kind of developed, but uh, I think Tech and Wrecker will need a bit more work. So I mean, I I think even Wrecker was tuned down a bit last episode. Yeah. Um, where like, because there's like one moment where like he's like. Or Hunter's like, go save her, like go save Omega to wreck her, and he just goes off and does it without like making a quip about fighting or smashing or whatever. Yeah, that's which was a good sign. Yeah, he is way too over the top in the uh, in the original couple episodes from season seven. So uh, mm-hmm. I hope it's not going to be like fully that level all the time. No, I I think that that's probably on purpose. Like I'm gonna give. Like, I think that's one thing that uh, Clone Wars does really well, or just Star Wars animation does really well. Like, taking these annoying, like, one-dimensional characters, like Ahsoka, where she's just, like, whiny brat who won't listen to authority, or, like, Ezra, who's whiny brat who won't listen to authority, or hopefully Wrecker, who's big whiny brat who won't listen to authority and kind of makes them into something more interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I do think that, like, something's going to happen and they'll kind of be broken out of their... Uh, broken out of their kind of ma- like macho you know whatever yeah and i i do think it'll take a bit more work to differentiate uh what tech and echo actually do <laughs> like character wise i think they're different enough but like their their skill sets are the exact same except uh tech gets all the exposition so i don't know if that's what his thing is because he gets advertised so thinking, as uh... the specialist but they're all specialists. What's he a specialist at? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. Um, they. That's why. Like, I mean, they could have. They could have kept Crosshair, but Crosshair is the best villain out of all. Of yeah, them because it's like he's basically just. Well, like yeah, you're not gonna have Tech or Echo on the other side chasing. Oh, uh, he he hacked my Microsoft Excel. <laughs> like, he he fished my email account, like. Well, one of them could be, like, tracking them down. Maybe they'd be able to get something out of that. But I'm kind of expecting us to get some sort of new um, new Imperial uh, commando type or something. Because, like, Star Wars Rebels had the Inquisitors. um, So, like, I'm I'm expecting there to be some sort of special unit that hunts down clones. Well, I don't know how much we want to get into stuff that hasn't happened on the show but was in the trailer yet, or if we're going to keep that off limits for anyone who may have been no, avoiding if it's in the trailers, that. I think it's, I think it's specu- free speculation. All right. Uh, you guys have been warned. 
because uh, it, it seems like isn't Naboo that they go to and spend a lot of time on, where like it Fennec is. A... Yeah, I'm not sure if that's Naboo, but it looks kind of Naboo-y. But uh, mm-hmm. but there's like the the droids there that we see and them fighting in ATTE. So uh, I think we might get a bit more local flavor before we get too much Imperial stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Imperial stuff will probably come more when they're bringing Crosshair back around. But yeah. so you think so that's your kind of crosshair speculation. You think he's going to be brought back around? Well, I mean, uh, bring him back around is in like bring him back into the plot rather than oh, necessarily. Okay. I do think the the show is going to end up with uh, them reconciling in some way with crosshair. But mm. yeah, I, I feel like sure setting it up is like, oh, the 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 chip is doing this to him and then they're just going to shoot him or something. I don't think they'll do that. Did you hear the, uh, or have you heard about the theory or the leak, supposed leak regarding this episode, like, that came out before? Episode three, or? No, episode two. No, I I haven't. So I will give a slight spoiler alert, because it is, it is possible that this happened. I mean, it's almost certainly not going to happen, but there was a leak about cuts, like, but what would happen with cut, because... Before the show even came out, somebody basically had a leak that cut was going to appear in it, um, and that it was going to be basically what they said was that it was a very, 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 very dark leak. Like it was like Commander Cody shows up and murders one of the children, and like this was before like the and th- this was for specifically for episode two. So like I'm not gonna lie, when I saw episode two was called Cut and Run, I was like. This show is, like, there's... I'm not going to like if they do that, because that's maybe a little too dark. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, like that's Revenge of the Sith and... when we're looking for Phantom Menace here. Yeah. I think that'd be even... Yeah, it'd be almost even darker in a way than Revenge of the Sith, because it's so, like... Because, like, Revenge of the Sith is, like, Anakin's big thing, and it's, like, it's his big moment of falling to the dark side. This would just be a kid being murdered, do you know what I mean? Yeah, with with no purpose of driving the plot forward. Like, we know mm-hmm. Cody's a dick now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I, I do think Cody will be in the show at some point. I think that'll be really cool. Yeah. Well, we're definitely getting think... Rex, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Def- well, we've seen Rex already in one of the trailers. Yeah. So, the here's what it said. Um, it says, this was the leak. And the this takes base on Seleucami... Uh, Rex is staying with Cut and his family. Crosshair is in charge of the Elite Squad. Uh, and then eventually Cut is killed. Cut refuses to give Cody Rex and then Cut kills, or Cody kills Cut's daughter, which would have been very dark. And, um... Yeah, don't like that. Yeah. I do think we'll see. I I do think we'll have a good Cody, um, Cody-Rex reunion, but not that way. (laughs) Do you think we're going to kill off Cody in this series? I don't know. Because I don't think he shows up in anything like super late into the Imperial period, right? So far in canon. I mean, none of the clones really do. Yeah. Besides the ones who are... Wolf, Gregor. Yeah. Rex. I I think that the show could end in a dark way with the clones basically being decommissioned and... Because I've been thinking about how, like, the clones are kind of, like, the ultimate tragedy 
of Star Wars where like they're grown for war, they're put into war, many of them die. And then having them basically at the end of this series be not only like metaphorically thrown away as in replaced by stormtroopers, but literally like exterminated, I mm-hmm. think would be a not a not a pleasant arc, but I think it would be one that makes sense. You know what I mean? Well, they're going to keep accelerated aging, so... Yeah, but I mean, they're only, like, what, 30, 35? Yeah, they're, they're mostly going to die off before... Uh, I mean, Rex is still around in... Before Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean... Because that's a whole I... big thing in Legacy of the Force, where uh, they're, mm-hmm. like, Karen Travis is part of it, where there's all the clone troopers on Mandalore, uh, or yeah. the Null Arcs, or whatever. They're looking for the... Uh, the fix that for the aging. Out. Yeah, that one cloner. Yeah. So is Boba Fett, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Boba, Boba Fett is... Uh... Boba Fett just has cancer. That's like the that's yeah. the plot of part of Legacy of the Force. But, yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, I was just thinking about this last night, where, like, how weird it sometimes is the tonal difference between the prequels and then original trilogy, uh, where just... How weird it would be to have the clone troopers, some of those characters, show up in like OT stuff or even in like sequel trilogy stuff. Like hearing mm-hmm. just the idea of like hearing Ray say the name Mace Windu just seems. Yeah, I think about that sometimes. So um, then, like having Commander Cody show up in a scene with Luke Skywalker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting. Especially, like, well, a lot of people have been saying that they think Cody might show up in the Obi-Wan series, which to me makes yeah. sense. Um, well, apparently uh, Ewan McGregor's been doing a lot of uh, a lot of choreography practicing for lightsaber mm-hmm. stuff in Kenobi. And I'm just, what is he going to fight? Tusken Raiders? Is there going to be a head? flashback with Anakin? Because, like, I, th- I think it's been confirmed that Hayden Christensen's going to be there, so is it going to be... I hope the show has a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. Like, I want the show to have, like, honestly, like, a flash, like, half the episode being passed, half of each episode being passed and half being present honestly feels kind of right to me because you, I don't want them to do very much. I don't want Kenobi to have grand adventures. He's in exile. Like, well, the thing with that is that, like, obviously you want, you'd want a flashback or you'd expect flashbacks, like, during the Clone Wars with, mm-hmm. like, Anakin and Obi-Wan and maybe learn about that business on Kato Neomoidia. But then you've got <laughs> these two guys who are in their 40s and 50s. Are we going to de-age them back to when they're uh, when they're yeah, in their 20s? I, I Is this going to be, like, an episode of Dawson's Creek where it's a bunch of people who are clearly not the ages that they're claiming to be? I don't think that's a problem, honestly. Like, I I think they easily have the technology. Like, Hayden, have you seen Hayden Christensen? He doesn't look... Yeah, they, both of them different. look very young like yeah but i don't know i just like i think if you like put the makeup on on uh, ewan to kind of emphasize his age that alone True. almost has like a de-aging effect on himself like yeah but he so looks good like they use the makeup and uh special effects to age him up and then have him play himself in his 20s or 30s mm-hmm. just without the makeup yeah makes sense i mean yeah, Hayden Christensen always looked old anyway, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I think it's I think it'll work out. <laughs> what if they get Jake Lloyd? 
Maybe for like a Toydarian or something. No, to play Anakin in the in the flashbacks instead, because he'd be around the the right age now. I'm sure he wants everything to do with Star Wars at this point. Yeah, that's a Anakin. Had he never left Tatooine, maybe. <laughs> poor Jake Lloyd. He's at a he's at a rough go. I feel so bad for all the prequel and a lot of the sequel trilogy actors. Sometimes, like, mm-hmm. I don't just you shouldn't shit on people for making things no matter how much you like or dislike it just leave them alone Mm -hmm. have you have you watched any of the uh what is it jedi temple run that ahmed best hosts no have you i haven't yet i haven't like wanting to watch it i just haven't gotten around to it but it's nice to see him uh feeling good about things again i think uh i think alex watched all of it yeah, I think they did like a, a rewatch thing and then we're like doing uh, photoshops and stuff of him and Molly on the show. <laughs> I mean, it's like children, but... Yeah, <laughs> I think they did acknowledge <laughs> like beat up all those 10-year-olds to win. Oh yeah, I think you sent me a tweet they did or something. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but how are you feeling about so, Omega? I feel like that's always going to be the kind of character that gets the most attention in these shows is like either for complaints or I love Omega. I think she's great. Yeah, me too. Um, I think she's really necessary for what the show is doing. She's also just very um like genuine and mm-hmm. like she's likable and her her actress is really good. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I really like Omega. She's like she's just got like a really sweet kid vibe to her. Like she comes off genuinely as a kid. Like there's that one bit in the last episode where like she gets scared because partially because she gets attacked. Is it a Nexu that attacks her? Yeah, that looked like a Nexu. She gets attacked by a Nexu, but also uh Hunter yells at her and she kind of just like the way she they had her kind of just like deflate kind of reminded me of like my kids kind of. Well, August specifically. He's only two and a half, but like, you know, it's a very kid-like thing where they just like kind of shut down when they're upset, you know? Yeah. Like, she gives the show a much more clear way to emphasize, like, all these are people that are kind of out of their element and out of what mm-hmm. they're used to experiencing uh, mm-hmm. and add that like kind of intra-group conflict in a group that probably wouldn't have that many... Uh, super interesting or conflicting dynamics now that like crosshairs immediately out so mm-hmm. i think having her around is pretty necessary yeah it's cute seeing her like uh i like how she is obviously attached to hunter the most like i didn't even really realize when i was watching the episode but someone posted like screen grabs of her like mimicking everything he's doing mm-hmm. like he like puts his head on his or his like elbow on his uh on his knee and his hand under his head and she's doing the exact same thing yeah. So it's kind of cute. And so far, she's need to be rescued an average of uh, like two or three times per episode. So. Yeah, but I mean, she's also, she's been helping out too, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, what was I going to say? Um, she, they, they, of course, did the whole thing that Ray did too, where it's like, person experiencing planet for the first time <laughs> yeah and well was, it's got to be weird living that. your whole whole life in tapioca city and then 
learning about dirt, <laughs> going to Saluka mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's a pretty big disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Like for a lot of people from temperate planets, like you gotta you know about other bi- biomes, you kind of see more of them. But if you're growing up on like stilts in the ocean and then go to this kind of weird desert planet, yeah, she'd never seen land before. I guess yeah. I think about it. Yeah, mm. that's true. Um, I'm just trying to think. Anything? What, what else about episode one really struck me? The animation's incredible, obviously. They've brought it to the next level. The characters are still not the best part. The characters are really good. Um, They're obviously very heavily stylized, but where you really see it's like with the environments and the lighting, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Like, the first episode was a lot of just uh, action, 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 which I, I think is fine to set up the show, and then the second we started getting more of the characterization because the, the first episode we did get the all the stuff with crosshair uh mm-hmm. but it was like the a big focus on the the test that tarkin put them through but we we did see the thing with tarkin talking to the kaminoans uh trying to claim that like oh actually it's the republic that owed you that debt we don't <laughs> sovereign citizen tarkin yeah but now they're they're also if they want to try to do that while canceling the deal, maybe they're able to get away with that. But they're mm-hmm. saying that while also trying to continue the production and claiming the other rights. So I, I feel like that yeah. doesn't uh, that doesn't work out here. When you got a big enough stick, you can make whatever you want work. That's like the first thing they teach you in law school. <laughs> yeah, but at that point, it's still like the entire military is still very mm-hmm. heavily tied to the Kaminoans. So I don't know if they're if you want to be pissing them off just yet. Yeah, I do think we are going to get some Kaminoan rebellion storyline um, people are saying it's gonna be the exact same as battlefront 2 I, I mean i'm not convinced about that but i do think we might see something along that line whereas like they do something and that's another reason why clones go bye-bye yeah so i guess something we should talking about like other lore stuff uh something we should probably talk a bit about is uh the initial scene on Kalar with uh depa balaba and kanan where uh, there's the prior comics, I don't know if you've read them, that kind of show a different Order 66 yeah. experience for Kanan. And so it's been a bit of a thing where people are yeah. upset that the show is uh, different from what that was. I'm not upset. Um, and I I think it's, it's definitely overblown. Um I just I think their mistake was acting like things are going to be way different this time, like with the new canon, mm-hmm. because effectively they're not like they still tell stories and they fit them in when they can. And that's kind of exactly how it was before. Yeah. So, like, I, I just think they probably shouldn't have have portrayed us something else, because maybe I feel well, like they might have set people's expectations wrong. But if you read a lot of what the actual story group members have said, they've always been very clear that like it's not going to mean that everything fits together perfectly uh, or that the, that's going to be like the main focus. It's just that uh, mm-hmm. if you compare it to especially the pre 2000s period, there is going to be an emphasis on making sure it is one largely coherent story, but they are still telling the stories for their own sake. And I think Pablo Hidalgo has said a lot about it, uh, about and Matt Martin, uh, like specifying that, like, no, this doesn't mean that every detail is always going to match up or that that's what the story group is necessarily there mm-hmm. to do. The story group is largely a resource for people 
when they're telling those stories to make sure it can be like relatively consistent, but you're still going to have discrepancies. Yeah. I think my bigger issue is rather than episode, rather than the, rather than kind of this issue or the Mandalorian issue is like episode nine, I think was much more egregiously disregarding prior mm-hmm. canon. Like it, 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 it disregarded canon not only in that like it ignored certain aspects it didn't like like as in um uh pose backstory got mm-hmm. changed in a way that like doesn't really make sense but more so like i feel a lot of the time like they're just not taking prior canon into account you know what i mean yeah i think that's Whereas, like, like uh, a jj problem there more than anything yeah yeah where like because th- we see ryan terrio's story or or colin trevorrow uh, Trevor. who's Re- i think ryan you're thinking Terrio's of the guy chris terrio combining chris that with terrio ryan johnson jesus christ but yeah uh anyway colin trevorrow's story where like he heavily relied on expanded universe yeah. canon which you know it, you can say it's cool or not but it's just like they have a hard time convincing me that like the expanded universe matters really and it would have been the same under the old it was the exact same under legends to me it's more of something that rather than trying to make a cohesive story they just try not to fuck with it as much as possible you know what i mean but although i will say the mandalorian like you know it it tied in well to the expanded universe so i don't know i guess yeah i think it's largely going to depend on the person actually responsible for making whatever the thing is where I don't think the story group is ever really trying to impose themselves on any person, unless it's like some super new creator and they're like uh, getting that person in to make the project rather than uh, getting a project for a person to make, which I feel like is more what the whole JJ situation is, where a lot of what JJ was doing was that he really only seems to care about the original trilogy and trying to recreate Mm -hmm. some of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, ah, like probably dark empire well i think he did say he read that before so that's mm-hmm. why that gets in but mm-hmm. i really don't think jj gave a fuck about what a lot of other people were doing no i i think i think you're right about that and i guess you kind of gotta ultimately like with star wars you've got to decide your your like pick your poison like i'm mm-hmm. the kind of person who's who's totally against design by committee and that's like i don't like episode eight very much but like I'm happy that it exists because I'm like I'm happy that they can make a Star Wars movie that I dislike, you know, because if it was just designed by committee, um, like you can get, you can make um, like I'm, and I'm not saying this in any way against against Rogue One because I know it's your favorite. You can make a lot of yeah. Rogue Ones, you know what I mean? But like, you know, see, um, like I kind of see Rogue One and. Uh, episode eight Mandalorian solo is like the start of projects kind of showing that they are going to, they are going to be able to do a a broad array of Mm -hmm. stuff appealing to different people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like the same thing with all the shows they announced where a lot of them, I'm probably not going to like, that doesn't mean they're bad shows. It just means that I don't like those shows. Uh, And the bad batch was kind of the the prime example of that for me, where this wouldn't be the show that I would pick to make. I don't hate that it exists. I like that we get this and all those other things, mm-hmm. but like, you're you're clearly mm-hmm. clearly able to like the uh, Dave Filoni, uh, John Favreau. They're clearly given a lot of freedom to kind of do the stories they want to do, and I I don't want it to be just dominated by one person or one specific vision. So I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is something that Ryan Johnson said that I think gets misrepresented a fair bit. Uh, 
where when he talks about his movies, he says, like, he doesn't consider it a bad... I forget what the exact quote was, but it's something like he doesn't consider it a bad thing if you have half the people going and loving it and half the people going and hating it. And that gets kind of portrayed as him saying he wants to make a bad movie, but the idea there is more if you are making choices about what to do rather than trying to like generally appeal to everyone, Mm -hmm. you're probably trying to actually say something with it more than just some like shoot em up thing and doing nothing that would offend, like nothing that people would find distasteful in any way. Yeah. And like, that's the thing because star Wars and I do feel like Marvel goes down that route sometime. And that's one of the reasons why, again, I'm not trying to hate on Marvel fans, but I do feel like, Marvel sometimes does feel a bit more designed by committee than Star Wars because and that's why like as much as I dislike a lot of the things to do with the sequel trilogy I'm not in favor of it being retconned for one I think that's just obviously not going to happen but I'm not in favor of creators bowing to fan feedback at all times like I really hate that it gets portrayed as like trying when you try to make that you're trying to do it to piss people off it's that you're mm-hmm. trying to make something with an actual vision and you're not doing something just generically appeal to the broadest possible base to try mm-hmm. to portray that as doing something to piss people off is a huge misrepresentation of what he said yeah i, I agree and like i think for me the best example is star wars rebels where like if you had asked me before i'd watched it would would I if I were Lucasfilm exec would I greenlight Star Wars Rebels? It would have been obviously no. Like I don't like Star Wars animation. I like it's a kid show. Like why would I be interested? And then of course when I actually watch it, it's like one of my favorite things in the era. So it's just like part of like the good thing about art is that you know it is someone's vision. And as a you know as somebody experiencing art, you know you're getting their vision. So it's like you lose that when it's just yeah. being designed to be a, like appealing to Star Wars fans generally. Yeah. And like, that's a why a lot of people problem. love Episode Eight. Yeah. There's a huge problem in pretty much every fandom where people feel entitled to have everything appeal to them. And rather than accepting like some things are just not going to be for them. They're not going to like them. And that is not a bad thing. And usually it yeah. comes from people who like generally don't have any experience making anything, so they've never had to make those decisions. But they'll like have their own head thing of like, oh, if I did this, everyone would fucking love it because I always know what to do. But it, mm-hmm. that's not how anything ever works. Yeah, uh, I also I also don't like picking twenty year old quotes out. Um, we're in the Ryan Johnson thing specifically. I, I think it's really lame to cherry pick a twenty year old quote or however old it was. And it was like 15, 20 years ago about some indie movie he was making. Like, that doesn't mean he's got the same thing going into making Star Wars. Like, a lot of the time, if you are making an indie movie or whatever else. And again, this is coming from somebody who doesn't like what came out of it. It's like, come on. He uh, he made a movie, uh, like, I think that he thought people would like. And yeah. Yeah, but I don't think he went in thinking like, uh, everyone would agree with his choices or that he needed to make choices that everyone would agree with. He made the no, choices that so. he thought made sense and that he felt like he could back up. People don't all have to agree with it. Mark Hamill obviously didn't agree with it at the start, uh, at the very mm-hmm. least, but he had reasons for his choices, even if people don't end up agreeing with them. Like, there was the clip that came out recently of Matt Stover talking to uh, Star Wars Theory on his podcast, talking about, like, 
the Luke representation and how Matt Stover made sense of that, which was actually saying kind of the same things that Ryan Johnson has said about it before, but uh, I guess probably means more to some people coming from a source that was like a Legends author rather than coming from Ryan Johnson. But like, I think it's very easy to take those kinds of statements or take what is in the movies or in the shows and try to present it in a light that's like intentionally being uh, Mm -hmm. aggravating to some group. But I don't think that's... I think when people take that approach rather than trying to understand why the choices are made and just deciding whether it's for them or not, then it just gets into aggravating nonsense. No, I agree. It's just... I don't even know how we got on this topic, but it is it is a good discussion to have. Um, because it's... I, I guess with the Bad Batch... Um, I, I guess we got it because we were talking about canon, right? Yeah. We were talking about... Yeah, so I'm also the kind of person who I prefer canon and continuity never to get in the way of a good story. Um, a really good... If a, if a story's uh, good enough or if a video especially like with a video game or like 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 i never want like they talk about how like battlefront 2 lucasfilm didn't want you to enter tie fighters as rebels because they didn't do that it's like but it's more fun if you get to enter it like that you know what i mean uh rather than spotting it mm-hmm. on the battlefield or like just generally like the, the halo community is all up in arms because there's been some aspects of the lore change for the tv show yeah and i just think it can be a mistake to so it's like You've got this scene made, you know, especially like if you talk about Halo, for example, you've got scenes made 20 years ago. Um, now it comes time to put together a, a TV show worth of tens of millions of dollars. Should you shackle yourself and perhaps make a worse TV show because um, you want to be a slave to continuity? The, I think this is a bit more complicated because from what I understand, I've never read the comic. Um, people really like the Kanan comic and it <laughs> seemed to be pretty good, but... Yeah, yeah, like it. If people dislike the the bad batch scene because it breaks that, or if they have a problem with that and that takes them out of it, that's perfectly valid as well. It's just mm-hmm. for me personally, especially coming from Legends, where like there there's a lot of that. It it doesn't bother oh, yeah. me too much. It's kind of like that's everything that comes out. Uh, if you want to read the X Wing books, you kind of got to reconcile that with the what you see about the Clone Wars and prequel. It no, I mean even like even things that came out like like um, Thrawn, for example. When you read the Thrawn trilogy, there's not a good there's not a good guy Thrawn in there. No, like there's really not. There's no there's no protagonist Thrawn in there. He's he's a bad guy. He's not sadistic necessarily like Darth Vader, but he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you've you you gotta decide yourself like when you read. Say the Thrawn. Well, you read, you know, Outbound Flight or or Thrawn Duology or whatever else. Like, is this version of Thrawn like? Do you like what he's doing enough to get over that inconsistency? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and like so, Timothy Zahn's like, portrayal of him has evolved over basically every book that's come out, uh, mm-hmm. and some of his attempts to humanize Thrawn more, turn him into more of a a hero character has involved uh, in the process trying to turn Palpatine into more of a like, oh, he had altruistic reasons for what he did. And 
there your mileage may vary on exactly how effective a lot of that is Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean yeah thrawn wants to like thrawn wants to kill the rebels because they destroyed the empire and the like he's not he's not his he he's not super complex like from that perspective in the original in the original thrawn trilogy so yeah he's just a villain who is really hard to beat that's basically all he exists to be in the thrawn trilogy mm-hmm. so yeah like i guess the question for me is could they have maintained the integrity of the original canaan comics and still or the integrity of the intended bad batch scene and while also sticking closer to the canaan comics because like that's the kind of thing that i like to see when you can maintain continuity like I think you probably should like if it's not going to interfere with you know major creative decisions like i think you should try to maintain continuity and i think like mandalorian did a a fairly good job at that Mm -hmm. like striking that balance like certain things they didn't get quite right like uh or not that they didn't get it right they changed slightly like with um what's his name and his armor um they changed a little bit from aftermath but like other times where it's like the the general canon connections and like the Ahsoka and the Thrawn stuff they do pretty well. Um, so yeah, that that, yeah. that for me is always kind of the question. Yeah, I think uh, like there's elements that you can retcon and reconcile between the two. Like I'm not super familiar with the comic, but I did go and uh, try to at least get an overview of the relevant parts when this all started happening. And I think it partially just comes down to Dave Filoni wanted to use his characters, and that's mm-hmm. so canon shows up. Uh, and he was probably less concerned about making it mesh entirely with uh, with how the comic went and its specifics. So, my problem is, I just don't think it was necessary. Like, I didn't get a lot out of it being Kanan. Me uh, neither. I was, but like, I feel like, like a bit. that's what Dave Filoni's going to do. He's going to use his characters, and that's why yeah. we get Ahsoka everywhere we do. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's my bigger problem. Is like Kanan doesn't add a whole lot to the scene. If yeah. anything, it's a little bit distracting. No, that's um, fair. I don't think it yeah. needed to be Kanan. I like I probably would have preferred that it wasn't, but Yeah, another kid would have been fine. Like yeah. I think the fact that it is a kid is important. Like I think kids are always important in Star Wars. Yeah. Um because it's about, you know, growing up and families and stuff. Like yeah. like it's gonna be twenty years, you're gonna be seeing, you know, little kids being and with like one of the big themes about of like the original trilogy is like at like adopted families and stuff. So it's like that's always gonna be a theme in Star Wars. Yeah. Like George Lucas has adopted children and like so I think it was something that was important to him probably. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously that's like the main kind of sticking point of the new trilogy too. Um I don't know if it's the main sticking point. Well not the main, but it's well I mean it's it's the last scene, right? It's it's the main sticking point of the last five minutes of Rise of Skywalker. That's that's for sure. I, I no, can't I even say that's kind for of sure. about. I think it's kind of about choosing your family because she's dealing with the whole blood. Jedi oh Prince oh, so you're time. talking about the like the point of the movie rather than sticking point as in point of contention in the community. Okay. Oh yeah I, yeah yeah yeah. yeah I, I'm on, yeah. I'm on the same page with you now. I yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, no, I, I don't definitely think that's agree. The yeah, I don't think that's the point of, but like, and that's kind of people have been rightly pointing out, given that it's Mother's Day, 
like it might have been interesting to see a, a, a like a motherly relationship in a show like this especially after the mandalorian get, we don't get very good like motherly relationships in star wars in general no like throughout both canon and legends like the biggest actual maternal relationship we get i think is is leia and the twins but she's not a good mom in legends and like mm-hmm. that gets explicitly covered in njo because uh, like you get a bit in the ot talking about how leia remembers their mother but shouldn't um mm-hmm. there's not much there we get anakin at first but like the the whole point is that anakin gets removed from his mom so quickly uh so like we never yeah. really see that developing very much over the course of anything in star wars it clearly would have been something that would have been a feature of episode nine had carrie fisher not die yeah not died um yeah, but... it did look like they might have been going somewhere useful with that. Uh, mm. With uh, you can get Harry like whole that, into but... the thematic, like you know, separation of a child yeah, from the, the whole mother original and, sin like... thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which would have been interesting. But I mean, you can only do so much with digital Carrie Fisher. Yeah, um, <laughs> they just cut in the clips from Rogue One. It's just like have like have her that scene where she's hugging ray just like photoshop uh ben into it and it's like isn't he like six foot three isn't carrie <laughs> fisher like five foot four <laughs> um but yeah uh I, so i would i would have in hindsight i hope we see something like that because you know a father's child relationship is different than a mother-child relationship i i, I also do think that like a father-daughter relationship or like uh the relationship in this show is different like it's it's not the same as as Grogu and and Mandalorian. Even if it is like the idea of a father and a child, it's still like they're different children. Um, they're different like in they've got different kind of connective connective themes. Like in the Mandalorian, it's like both are have kind of been abandoned by whatever. In this show, it's like they're both kind of the defective clone idea. Um, of course, the age of the kind of parent guardian relationship is different. But I mean, we'll always kind of see like the the idea that oh, it's the it seems like the parent is giving all these things to the children. But of course, in the end, it's the the parents getting the most out of it. So I think we will see some themes, but we'll there's enough different in this that it, it's still interesting, even if it is so close to the Mandalorian. Yeah. And now. Uh... Like, is, is Hunter going to become the best father in Star Wars? Is that what we're heading towards here? He's the best so far. <laughs> well, it's a low bar and he's he's Well, Bail over. Organa. Bail Organa. Is, is, he, is he a great... Like, do we see too much of him? We know he explodes. That's about it. We know from him about what Leia says. And yeah, and like, he's... He's putting like was it Leia's choice to get into the Imperial Senate? Was that like yeah, I, I think was that uh, was that how much did Bale kind of push her into that? Did he? Push I don't think he pushed her. I don't think he pushed her at all. We we just don't sure. know. We don't we don't see a lot of it. No, and... we we get it in uh, Bloodline. You get a lot of that because it's about Leia finding some, like a message from him. All right. Well, if he was such a good father, he wouldn't have exploded on Alderaan. That's true. So your mom must have been really bad then. Yeah, that's what I told her. As she was dying, I was like, you're just the fucking worst. 
Oh, I gotta be careful making those jokes over here. I'm not on X-Duke because people are gonna be like, oh my god, did he just throw a dead mom <laughs> joke right at him with no warning? Uh, okay, we... Do you want to get into... Well, do you want to speculate a bit on where we're going next episode so that our titles aren't clickbait? Or do we want to get into the uh, the, the email questions for the episode here? Well, I mean, let's speculate a bit. First of all, quickly, do you think that Omega's Force-sensitive? I... I, I don't feel like there's... I, I want to say yes, just because I feel like they're going to do that with someone all the time, and I don't know who else it could be on the show, unless, like, Wrecker ends up being Force-sensitive, and he's, like, maybe a distant <laughs> second for me, but I I do think just because there, it's Star Wars, she will probably end up being Force-sensitive. See, I, I, I think you could be right. But I hope she's not. Me too. And like that they end up just protecting her because they care for her. You know what I mean? Rather than like she's Grogu where like everyone wants to get a little, get a little bit of his, of his bloody blood. Look, I know Dave Filoni's watching right now. Just if this isn't where the season goes, please throw out the rest of the episodes. Remake them before Friday, whatever. Make Wrecker Force sensitive. Just please do it. Yeah, I want to see what I want to see from Wrecker is I want him at, on at least one occasion to roll up and do a ball and knock over a bunch of enemies like a like a golem using rollout. <laughs> is that too much to ask? Not Whitney's mill tank. Whitney's mill tank, sure. Yeah, I like that as well. But yeah, that's what I want to see from the show. So yeah, I, I, force sensitive definitely. Uh, it, I it definitely could be. I think she probably ends up just being really skilled but i mean either way should be interesting um what yeah where do you think they're going next i think we're getting we're probably going to get to whatever planet fennec's on next uh or actually there there seems to be another planet that's like kind of deserty that they're going to at some yeah. point with the big monster i feel like with that's going to uh, be after fennec because it looked could like that be... yeah sorry go ahead well, it, it looked like it was, uh, like, they had fewer shots from there. So I feel like that, that'd be later on in the season, right? Rather than showing so My much from the My theory is that arc. that might be Zygeria. Hmm. Because we see Zygerian slavers. Yeah. So, and I, I'm just looking it up. I can't remember what Zygeria looks like, but I do remember it being, I think, a little bit, like, kind of sandy. Like, ter- I mean, obviously terrestrial, but... Looking it up, it does... Yeah, it's like messes and... I do hope this show doesn't just end up being like uh, the greatest hits of the Clone Wars locations, which I'm a little Mm -hmm. bit worried about right now. But I I hope we get a few other ones. It's it's fun because we don't know what's happening, and that's why I'm really, really glad they had that long-ass first episode. Mm -hmm. Because if they had spent three or four episodes getting all this shit out of the way like the from the first episode like if they had wait wait till episode three to defect i think i might have got a little tired of that yeah a grown man watching a animated children's show (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i the fact that all that stuff like we got through the first episode established uh that they are leaving the empire and got crosshair out of there like 
That if that if, if we were we still no four clue. weeks from now, that would have been yeah. that would have been a slow burn. It was a really fun like first episode, but it would have been a slow burn as a month worth of TV. Yeah, and uh, and now we like now we have no idea where we're going, so that's exciting. Like yeah. I I love that when we got that the Mandalorian. Sometimes we're like uh, the plot line will end, and it's like no clue where's next. <laughs> and like the Clone Wars, there's never that point because you always know you know where the characters are going to end up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say in general about the episodes before we hop into our emails? Um, no, I, I really like them. I like the second one more. Um, well, we haven't read any of them yet, but I feel like it's kind of weird to make a judgment can, already. Can you on shut that. the fuck up, Corey? No. I like the second episode more. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we did get a bunch of emails. We are going to be dividing these between this episode and the episode on Thursday, so I kind of highlighted the ones that are more directly about Bad Batch, and then next time we'll do any questions about Young Jedi Knights as well as uh, any other more general questions, because these are technically supposed to be shorter episodes, but we had 90 minutes worth of TV to talk about in the entire sequel trilogy to talk about, apparently, uh, this time. So... Our first email this time comes from... Oh, well, Brandon was asking about the Kanan thing. So, did already talk about that. And then Joel was actually asking about the same thing. Uh, talking about, like, returning to a tier system of Kanan. I think we're both kind of on the same page. We're like, it's not stated as such, but in effect, it kind of is. It's basically not even a tier. It's like, everything... Expanded Universe is Canon until something big... Yeah, it seems to be more like whatever the most recent thing is is going to override it. Like some mix of recency and how on screen it is. Effectively, I don't think it's any different. Yeah, um, it's it's the same. It's the same thing, except now they don't have to worry about like uh, what the difference is between the competing Dark Horse and Bantam books and old Marvel yeah. comics, where they don't need to like yeah. explicitly say. Just ignore that unless it comes out somewhere. What the else. heck's a Chunthar? <laughs> Uh, so Jan says, thank you for your great channels and your podcast. I'm an avid viewer slash listener. What do you guys think of the inhibitor chip of clone troopers in terms of world building and drama or narrative? I do prefer the old contingency orders for several reasons. It's, it's way more subtle and has a bigger impact on world building. It's also how real governments would act. It's more subtle and actually stealthier and clever for the grand plan of the Sith as the only real orders buried within 150 others. And it may actually deepen the drama narrative. Instead of turning clone troopers into evil automatons upon Order 66, the orders are just orders, and they're trained to follow with all the potential of real dilemmas. Uh, So, what do you think? I understand why they changed it, because it's hard to accept that, like, the same clones who, like, we grew attached to in the show are also willing to gun down the Jedi. Mm -hmm. I I think I prefer the non-ships. I mean, one thing I don't like, actually, about the show is how they're handling Order 66. Like, I don't like the idea that every clone had to get a direct order. Like, you'd think that that would just go out on, like, the 5G across the galaxy. Like, I was yeah. expecting Cut to maybe have gotten it. Yeah, it's kind me of weird too. that he didn't just because he he had his cell phone on vibrate or was in a movie at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I'm not sure if, like, Cut has had his chip removed or what. But, uh, yeah, it... I've always preferred the the non-chipped version of it because, like, 
part of Star Wars is the fact that like how little it actually takes to make people do horrible shit and to kind of take away the agency of those people through the chips it, I don't know. It, I think it does reduce them too much to automatons and kind of undermine some of the points that Star Wars usually tries to make. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's like it, it can help their overall story. But I mean, we got to see how the clones end up, I guess, too, because uh, yeah. it does make it a bit more tragic, I guess, in a way. And it does make yeah. the it does make the Republic look even more evil because I, I, I guess that's arguable. But I don't know. I, I just I'm surprised that George Lucas, who like has so much to say about war. And like, and kind of nationalism and imperialism would go with the chip route because I think a much more apt metaphor would be, you know, the the soldiers following orders because, you know, they've been indoctrinated yeah. to do so. Especially yeah, like, like the whole that, Vietnam angle usually. Yeah, that from. appeals a lot more to to me, and I think that goes better with like just how easy it is for them to slide into fascism just because that's what's happening. Yep. Exactly. Rather than like try to say, Oh, actually no, it's just because they have chips. So they have to listen. Exactly. Cause like with crosshair, it's kind of weird because there does seem to be a mix of like, yeah, it's the chip, but also he's just kind of a dick and like pick a lane. <laughs> he is. A, he is a dick. Like yeah. I, I feel it would really undermine the conflict that they're setting up with crosshair if the resolution is just they need to get the chip out rather than some sort of reconciliation in their actual positions or realizing that like no actually he does just fundamentally support that and it's possible that we won't be able to to come to any sort of like that would be good i would like that if, if they take the chip out and then it's like nah dog like i'm still gonna kill that girl <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I would like that as well. I wouldn't like it if he actually succeeded in killing it, but if it's if they allow it to be his actual opinion, no. his actual viewpoint, more than just like the, oh he, he was forced to do it. And he's like he's like nah, fuck those kids still. <laughs> <laughs> They've actually called off the order to do this. This is all a me thing now. Oh man. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think we're both kind of on the same page there. Uh, do you want to read the next one? Sure. Actually, can you read the next one? I'll read the one after that. Uh, sure. Our next question comes from Matrix, who says, I wonder what you think about how the Bad Batch is kind of filling in for Clone Wars Season 8, and if we'll see more Rebel Series content be introduced to help lead up to the series. I know we saw Kanan in the first episode, but I want to know if there's any potential of seeing more content like this that will lead up to Rebels. Hmm. That's the last question, too, isn't it? I said I'd read the next one. I think that's the last one. Uh, there's one after that from Hans. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I assume some of the wreck stuff will kind of lead into, and we might, I wouldn't be surprised if we got Ahsoka. That would kind of lead indirectly into Rebels. I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe a bit of, if they visit that. I don't know. How long have they been on that walker in Rebels? I don't know. Rex and the other clones, remember? Yeah, I'm not sure because I, I feel like it was a. It can't be like since the clone, like since the Clone Wars. It's like 20 years that Walkers. They had to be doing other stuff for a while. Kind of bad though. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, they get some supplies, but... I hope they haven't just been doing that for 20 years. It'd be yeah. boring. It's... Well, not 20. It's like... It's... By the time you got, you know, probably a year, get out there. I think they find them in Rebels in, like, one BBY. So it's like 16. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get... Uh... We're going to get, like, part of Rex's plot for the show is getting him dropped off there. And we'll have a, a solid answer. Then maybe Ahsoka shows up for that. Maybe I don't feel see, like we'll get too Maybe we much. see, like, Gregor or something. Which yeah. Because like, they're not together yet. We don't know. Last time we saw Rex and Ahsoka, they were together. So we don't know, yeah. like, why they split up. Like, my question is, is Darth Maul going to be in the show? I I actually I really hope we don't get too much other rebel stuff. Like we got the the saw cameo, we got the uh, we got the Kanan cameo, which mm-hmm. like I guess if they don't do anything else with Kanan, then it's uh, then it's more of a why did why did you bother changing the backstory? But mm-hmm. I really do think like Filoni just wanted to uh, to connect. Mm-hmm. rebels more with it which even then it's weird because most of the clones that kanan was with when order 66 happened were actually trying to help him mm-hmm. but and that's part of why i feel like they they probably don't have them run into kanan again because then like they'd probably clear up any misunderstandings yeah and yeah. maybe 20 years earlier he would have uh got rid of that that kind of hang up yeah i forgot how much he hated clones and yeah rebels yeah. So I feel like the the rebel stuff is going to be more post Endor with the live action shows and like Ahsoka, yeah. and Rangers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me read the last question we got here. Thank you very much for that one, Matrix. Um, let me just go to the inbox. So we had Han says, "How do you think? How do you guys compare the Bad Batch to Delta Squad from Republic Commando?" Uh, he thinks that the Bed Batch was done better in both character development and design of the characters. We're, we're going to piss some people off. I know I haven't read the old Republic Commando books for a while. I can't even remember. Is the is Delta Squad in the Republic Commando books? I think they're like tangentially in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might be more in Imperial Commando. I've never read Imperial Commando, actually. Uh, but That's the one that's got the cool Battle of Coruscant scenes in it, I remember. Hmm. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I never liked, I, I never got too attached to the characters from Republic Commando. So, yeah, like Fixer and Scorch are funny, but like Sev is just crosshair. There's not much characterization in either group quite yet. I feel mm. I feel like of all of them, it's really just Hunter and Echo that are really characters beyond tropes with one-liners. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's something the show is going to have a lot of work to do. Uh, with Republic Commando, it wasn't really necessary that they be much more than that because it's a four-hour game. It's, uh, yeah, it's like a, a four-hour FPS, and you spend a good amount of time in that game separated from each other, which uh, kind of interesting choice for uh, for a squad game. But uh, but yeah, so I don't think that Republic Commando is really more developed than Bad Batch. I think there's more of an onus on Bad Batch to get developed more because they are in a TV show and not a video game. So hopefully that gets better. And we'll have a lot more time with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm i honestly usually just 
too busy when we're playing Republic Commando being pissed off at the game to, to really remember anything. <laughs> how much yeah. I like the characters. Goddamn Baldroid so strong. Who made these things? The the Clone Wars were largely won by running up and punching because that is the <laughs> that's the best strategy for anyone. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say or should we call her a wrap for tonight? Uh yeah, I think that's it. So our Oh, I got my copy of uh of uh, Heart of the Heart Jedi, of Jedi here, yeah, yeah, and I had to, I had to. It's uh, now extra exclusive because I had to write in it because during the tournament I was supposed to go on and end it, and my mic wasn't working, so I just wrote my final message was just thank you. So very exclusive uh, now. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I I haven't ordered it. I don't know if I'm going to be on time for it. It's all, It's it's gone now. So. It's gone. Okay. You well, can still, it's you still, can still read it online, though. Yeah. yeah, like, I, I do most reading in the... It would have been cool to have the yeah, the paper copy, but... I'm thinking about doing an audiobook for it, because I've been kind of wanting to. I think I'm just going to read the whole book out and just make it available for free. Nice. People might enjoy that. I don't know. An Eckhart's do. Ladder audiobook on Audible? It's going to take me a long time, because um, it's... Well, yeah, it's 400 pages, so it's pretty long 450 pretty long book but, what's um, the uh what's the the font size in there i don't know if that's like a a nine maybe it's pretty small. well i don't i don't care about the actual number just like relative to others it's like yeah the, that's actually that's pretty yeah it's pretty thick bitch yeah uh, to be fair hmm. um so yeah I might, I might try to do that it probably take me like a few months to do but if i read like a chapter a day you know i don't yeah. know if anybody who wants to help me out with that, who's got any audio engineering skills, let me know, and maybe yeah. we can do that as a project together. But yeah. All right, we are going to go play some Star Wars video games with the Stellaris mod Fallen Republic. So that's going to be that's going to be fun. We'll be back on Thursday with more Tapcaf transmissions, talking about uh, talking about Young Jedi Knights Shards of Alderaan. And Eck may have forgotten a lot of the book by then because he has already read it. I haven't read it yet. I'm going to reread it. Well, I, I haven't read it in the last 10 years yet. But yeah. Oh, uh, Star Wars Timeline just donated and says I'm doing it free. Star Wars Timeline is the Star Wars Timeline. Like the, the Have you ever visited that site? That's where like the... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Wars Timeline showed with all the work you did. He says, Corey, I'm doing a free giveaway of Heart of the Jedi plus interviewing the author for tomorrow. Very cool. Sweet. Yeah, so check that out. I did see your I did see your giveaway, a pile of books. Yeah, if you if you want to read it, it, it is available. For, it's been available for free for five years. So yeah. Well, I've still got to read uh, Destiny's Way, Unifying Force, and Final Prophecy, all that. So I, I'm I'm so close to being done with my NJO reread after I really slowed down for a while. So that's. I'm if on, I, I can't uh, distract myself with uh, more to read I, yet. I'm on another Halo book now. I just finished uh, Contact Harvest, which is about um, it's about the first contact between the Covenant and humans. And uh, there's a sex scene in it where um, Sergeant Johnson um, ejaculates early. Huh. Yeah. That goes into detail. So, 
If anyone's interested in that, you can check that out. Um, so which episode is this? Sorry, I, I hate to do this again, but we we're in we're possibly in a good situation here to have order six or er, episode sixty six be revenge of the Sith again. Because we did, uh, I'm just we gonna did go by episode numbered episodes now. because yeah, well, we, just we uh, check the Podbean episode number. Because we're, we're, I think we're leaving out the two episodes that were like the Halo game and that were kind of extra. We're number sixty one. The, like, the one we're doing right now numbering. is sixty one. No, the one we're doing now is sixty two. Sorry. Okay. So based on our numbering. Two. That'd be 63 on Thursday, 64. Oh, crap. Never mind. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. We screwed it up, but we didn't so screw it up. what's your schedule but... now? I figure if we're going to be doing the uh, the book episodes on Thursday and then uh, Bad Batch episodes on their own on Tuesday, probably much shorter episodes for that, or like earlier in the week, not necessarily Tuesday, but probably pretty quick episodes generally. Yeah, half that an means hour, they're maybe. twice as more. Forty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, there's the option of putting it all together, but I feel like that there's probably some people who just want to listen to bad batch stuff. And mm-hmm. all right, guys. Well, there it is. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Appreciate appreciate you all. We'll get to Waru soon, and we'll get to uh, Jedi Prince. Yeah, uh, Ken soon. We'll probably yeah. end up doing Crystal Star. Uh, I mean, at this point, should we just say next week? Because we're not going to be able to line up episode 60 or 66 with episode 3. We've been we've been edging people on the Crystal Star for so long. Next Thursday. It's one book. Alright. We're doing it. Alright. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Waru. Alright. There it is. So... Shards of Alderaan, next two next ep, or next week there's gonna be a bad batch episode. Maybe Tuesday, maybe not, whenever the whenever we're able to do it. Then next Thursday, mark it on your calendars. We're giving Waru a visit. Alright. Good night. Send the podcast there. It's all downhill from here. Good night, everybody. <laughs>